Salutations, friend, and welcome to the Profit Scale Podcast, where we help independent Black, Indigenous, and people of color entrepreneurs earn at their highest levels through securing corporate contracts. I'm your host, Ruth Joy Connell, your corporate consultant and sales enablement expert, and I'm on a mission to equip you with the systems and strategies you need to build a business of generational impact and income. Around here, we bring culture and coins together, providing all the learning, community, and support you'll need as you scale your business. So if you're ready to step into your next level of income and impact, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Turn up the volume and lean in, because we're about to get started. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to another week, another episode. Most of the conversations we've had this season have centered around sales strategies, the success of other women entrepreneurs in the B2B space, and insights from decision makers around how to connect and how to be successful securing B2B contracts. But today's episode is a little bit different. As you know, we kicked off our inaugural Coinversations conference last month, and it was such an incredible experience that I want to share with you some of the lessons that really resonated with me. I'm going to start off by setting the scene of what we hoped to accomplish through the conference, and then what it was actually like to go through the process of both planning it as well as attending it. So I'm going to share my takeaways in this context, but I first want you to have a little bit of background. If you've been around for a little while, then you may already know that the very first iteration of the Coinversations conference was held back in 2020 as a workshop. At the time, we held a two-hour workshop and it was a place for people to gather, be supported with strategy, and to connect with other entrepreneurs. The response we got from our community from you was so positive that we did three of those workshops in the following months. At that point, I knew I was onto something, but I wasn't clear on exactly what I wanted it to be. The workshops were just scratching the surface of the conversations that I knew you, our community, and even I wanted to take deeper, but I wasn't yet clear on the vision in order to make that happen. At the time, we were also launching Systems at Scale in the format of a group coaching program, which was a shift from what I had been doing so far. So as we changed gears internally, I put the workshops on hold so that I could take my time to get really clear on the vision for it. In the years that followed, we got more and more into COVID and the restrictions and through all of the changes and everything going on, it was still something that remained at the back of my mind. I kept asking myself, how do I create a space for women entrepreneurs to genuinely and authentically connect with one another while also providing access to the resources they need and training to help them take immediate action on their B2B journey? These were some of the questions that were circling through my mind, and it became the foundation of the conference goals. As the years went on, there was another question that kept coming up in our conversation with clients and with our community in general. We found that women kept asking, where can I connect with other women in the B2B space? And for a long time, I didn't have an answer to that question. So all of this brings us to 2023. After lots of walks, lots of conversations with God, and many internal planning meetings, we decided to create the Coinversations Conference. Our goal for this experience was to equip and support women and women of color entrepreneurs on their B2B journey in four primary ways. The first 
is access. Access to decision makers and experts who could provide practical insight along their journey. The second was with community, a space where B2B women entrepreneurs could gather and build meaningful relationships with one another and hopefully become peers along their journey. The third was with confidence, confidence to know that they are capable and the courage to take action both on the day of the conference and as they continued their journeys afterwards. And last but not least, the fourth was with representation, a space where women from different backgrounds could feel seen and could see themselves reflected throughout the entire experience. With the help of my team and the amazing speakers who partnered with us, we were able to turn an idea and a hope into a reality. Now, just about one month after the conference, as I've been reflecting, I want to share four major takeaways with you from my experience both planning and attending the conference. My goal for today's conversation is that whether or not you attended the conference, you'll leave this conversation inspired to believe in yourself, emboldened to take action, and encouraged as you continue on your B2B journey. Let's jump in. Lesson number one is to invest in building relationships. You've heard me say on many occasions that sales happen through conversations. I don't say that to mean that every conversation will generate a sale, but rather every conversation is an investment into a relationship that can create a path forward to sales opportunity, whether that's directly or indirectly. I want to add another layer to this by adding that the quality of your relationships will determine the quantity of your opportunities. I experienced this firsthand while planning the conference. The relationships I had invested in were the same people who were happy to partner with me and to support the mission. So much so that when we ran into challenges putting together our decision makers panel, it was the help of my dear friend Olivia that led to a resolution. Sometimes the opportunities that will have the biggest impact on you and your business have nothing to do with money. This is why it's important to invest in building authentic and genuine relationships, both with decision makers and with peers in your space. So how do you apply this to your B2B journey? What does this mean in your day-to-day of engaging with potential clients? Well, I encourage you to spend more time nurturing your relationships with prospects. Even when there isn't a current opportunity for you and your prospect to work together, invest in getting to know them and staying meaningfully connected with them along the way. Find ways to give before you get. Share knowledge, resources, and information that they would find valuable. You could give them a shout out, a recommendation, or a commendation for a project or a milestone that they recently accomplished. And you can look for shared interests, whether that's a book you enjoy, a school you've both attended, or the fact that both of your kids are the same age. Nurturing a relationship in this way creates no like and trust on a deep level that goes far beyond any single sales opportunity. It creates a relationship where your prospect feels like a friend that you want to see succeed and vice versa. And because of that, of course, you want to play a part in making that happen. And in return, they will also want to do the same for you. This can lead to them referring you to other colleagues within their organization or other peers within their industry. These are the types of relationships that pay dividends in the form of revenue generating opportunities when you invest in them. Lesson number two, position yourself as a partner. The second lesson that really resonated with me came from our decision makers panel. 
We had the lovely Willow Blythe Carroll and Colleen Rogers on our panel, both of whom have extensive experience hiring and working with vendors. The lesson I took away from them is to position yourself as a vendor partner. Organizations want to work with vendors who are committed to the outcomes and who lead first with the goal in mind. This is a similar concept that I teach my clients in Systems at Scale around taking the time to truly understand your prospects' problems, challenges, and goals so that you can create a solution that is truly in alignment towards them. But Willow and Colleen expanded on this premise, describing that a true vendor partner is someone that an organization can rely on when things are not going as planned. It's one thing to be reliable when everything is going right, but it's another thing entirely when everything is going wrong. Another characteristic of a vendor partner that they shared is someone who is flexible and who is able to adapt as changes arise. Larger organizations may need to shift their priorities or direction in the middle of an engagement, and they'll often need the partnership and leadership of the vendor to create a path forward so that the same goals they identified earlier can still be achieved. As small business owners, we are inclined to get frustrated when the plan changes and when we feel like we're losing even a modicum of control. But working with larger organizations and positioning yourself as a vendor partner means understanding that their environment is a dynamic one. And it also means developing a professional maturity such that you are both willing and able to adjust as needed. So what does this mean for your B2B journey and how can you start to position yourself as a vendor partner today? A great place to start is to develop expertise in your prospects industry. This means understanding things like what seasons exist in that industry, who are the major players, and what role does your prospects organization currently fill within their industry. This kind of expertise creates a deeper understanding of the factors affecting your prospects organization and lays the foundation for you to anticipate certain challenges so that you can more effectively adapt when needed. Lesson number three. Share the stories of transformation. We had two breakout sessions at the conference. One was hosted by Nikki R. Jones and was focused on testimonials that sell. And another was hosted by Tanya Bhattacharya, which was focused on building thought leadership on LinkedIn. Both Tanya and Nikki are experts in their respective fields. Nikki is a communication strategist and Tanya is a thought leadership consultant with a focus on LinkedIn. So their session topics and approaches were of course different, but a common thread I noticed in both of their sessions was the power of stories. Both Nikki and Tanya highlighted the importance of sharing the stories of the work you do and the transformation you've created. Whether those are the stories of your clients' transformations, stories about the impact of your work, stories of others who have successfully applied a concept you specialize in, or your personal story of transformation and evolution into the work you do. Stories are a language that everyone can understand, and they play an important role in building a connection with your prospects. One thing that really resonated with me is how important it is to share your story consistently. Every piece of content you share is an opportunity to use storytelling to connect with your prospects, and that's something I know I personally could do better with. And in line with that thought, we often underestimate the power of our personal stories of transformation, or at least I know I did for a long time. 
And yet that story is the same thing that pushed me into the work that I do today. And I'm sure it's similar for you as well. So what does this mean for you on your B2B journey? How do you apply this to the work you're currently doing? In the same way that Tanya and Nikki challenged me, I want to extend these questions to you. How often do you share your personal story of transformation around the work you do? And is storytelling a tool you're consistently leveraging to connect with your prospects and decision makers? Research, data, reports, and articles are all great ways to nurture relationships with prospects, but so is storytelling. If you're currently underutilizing stories as a tool, I encourage you to look at the content you plan to post this month and add a story to just one of those pieces. That's a simple but effective place to start. Tanya dived deeper into some of the strategies she shared at the conference back in episode 39. So if you weren't able to attend the conference, you can get a glimpse of what she taught back in that episode. I've linked to it in the show notes just to make it easier for you. And similarly, our upcoming episode will feature Nikki, so you'll get a chance to learn more about how she teaches her clients to share stories in that episode. This brings me to the fourth and final lesson that I want to share with you. Lesson number four is that we can do hard things. Earlier, I shared with you that the seed for this conference was planted almost three years before it actually happened, and that it took me some time to figure out how to water that seed into a meaningful experience. But what you may not know is that even after I decided to move forward with the conference, I was scared. I was scared that I wouldn't be able to create in reality the experience that I envisioned in my mind. I was scared that no one would show up. I was scared that my audience wasn't big enough for people to want to speak at the conference. I was scared that I would overload my team with work and then things would fall apart at the last minute and it would become a disaster. I was scared that I would have an unforeseen technical issue that I couldn't resolve and then things would fall apart. I was scared that my keynote wouldn't make sense and that it wouldn't be impactful for the people who heard it. I was scared that what we had put together wouldn't be enough. I was scared that I wasn't enough. Friend, I can't tell you how many times I contemplated canceling the conference between the decision and the actual date. Countless times, every week, in fact. And here's the thing. The fear I was experiencing, the concerns that I had, the anxious knots in my stomach, they never went away. I didn't have a strategy or a practice that I do to get rid of them. Instead, what I learned is to move through them and to move forward with them if necessary. The feelings of fear and anxiety and the nervousness we feel when we're doing something new and uncomfortable are not an indication that what we're doing is wrong it's often a sign that we are moving or operating beyond our comfort zone. And so our body's natural inclination is to send you a signal that will move you back into your zone of comfort or your safe space, where the outcome and the path are both evident and predictable. But I, Ruth Joy, teach you to send cold emails to prospects you've never met. I, Ruth Joy, teach my clients to be bold about the value they bring to the marketplace. I, Ruth Joy, teach women that there are greater opportunities available to them if they are willing to step out of their comfort zone and dare to try. So how could I, Ruth Joy, do anything less than what I ask of you? 
I thought about my clients, both past and present. I thought about the challenges I've seen them encounter. I thought about the disappointments I've walked them through. And I thought about the fears that I have watched them face. And I used that to remind myself that we can do hard things. I can do hard things. It is really important for me to share this story with you because I know firsthand how hard it is to put yourself out there. I know what it's like to feel like you or maybe what you have or what you do is not enough and the temptation that comes along with it to hide in the shadows, to resign, to settle for what you have, or worse yet, to decide that bigger isn't possible for you. This is not a struggle that I've dealt with in the past. It's a challenge that I confront every single day, just like you. We often look for ways to overcome or conquer these fears, which kind of implies that success means an absence of those seemingly negative emotions, as though you first have to get rid of it before you can move forward. But I've learned that these seemingly negative emotions are not a bad thing. While they are uncomfortable to experience, we don't have to let their presence be a hindrance to us moving forward. It's similar to getting into a cold car in the middle of winter and deciding that you're not going to drive the car because it's cold in there. The fact that the car is cold, yes, is uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that it can't or won't eventually become warm. But it's going to take some time before the engine warms up and can heat the car, which means you're going to have to sit in the cold. You're going to have to let it exist so that you can eventually feel the warmth. From a scientific perspective, cold is simply the absence of heat. Cold doesn't really exist on its own. It's simply a concept used to describe a state of being without heat, meaning that the molecules that make us feel cold are the same molecules that make us feel warm. The difference is that heat is generated when a rise in temperature causes those same molecules to vibrate back and forth, creating an energy that we experience as heat. The trick is, though, creating the rise in temperature. In order to do that, you need combustion, a conduit, or a source like the sun. So applying this metaphor to our real-life experience, the cold represents the seemingly negative emotions we feel, and the source we are going to use to cause those molecules to vibrate is confrontation. I want to share my approach with you. Instead of trying to conquer my fears, I've learned to confront them. I acknowledge them and recognize that they are often rooted in the discomfort of the unknown. I indulge them at times, asking what would happen if this fear actually did become a reality. I would be disappointed, yes, but would I survive? Would I ultimately be okay? And the answer to those questions is always yes. This subtle shift in language led to a major shift in perspective for me. It allowed me to realize that the discomfort I felt was simply an absence of a source that would allow me to feel that warmth I mentioned earlier, so to speak. I could choose to confront these feelings and to change the temperature of my surroundings, causing the molecules to vibrate and warmth to fill my environment. This understanding created a duality that has allowed me to do hard and scary things more frequently, and that's why I wanted to share it with you. 
Now, instead of waiting until I feel 100% confident, I move forward when I'm clear. This means I often feel scared and yet excited. I feel concerned and yet optimistic. I feel insecure and yet confident. I feel unsure and yet resolved. It's not an either or. It's a both end where more often than not, moving through these uncomfortable feelings lays the foundation for extraordinary outcomes. So I've decided to feel the uncomfortable emotions, knowing that the discomfort I feel in any one moment does not define me and certainly does not get to dictate or influence my impact in this world. I wanted to share this part of my conference planning journey candidly with you to remind you that you are not alone. It's not always butterflies and rainbows. I feel scared too, often. And so do so many other women, as was evidenced during our conference. And yet, we can still do hard things. You can do hard things. Never forget that as you continue your B2B journey. All right, friend, let's recap our conversation and talk about how we can convert today's conversation into coins. I started off sharing about the origins of the Coinversations Conference and the time that it took for that seed that was planted a few years ago to germinate into a tree that became the conference. From there, I shared four lessons I learned from both putting on and attending the conference, starting with lesson number one, invest in building relationships. Lesson number two, position yourself as a partner. Lesson number three, share the stories of transformation. And lesson number four, we can do hard things. As you know, our conversation is never complete without identifying how we can take action. And today is no different. Your action item for today is to join the waitlist for the next Coinversations conference. Each one of the lessons I shared with you today becomes infinitely easier to apply when you do it within the context of community. And that's exactly what the conference offers. When you join the waitlist, you'll receive early access to conference details and to special pricing on early bird tickets. Today, I shared just a glimpse of some of the takeaways from the experience, and next year is going to be even better, and I want to see you there. So to join the waitlist, just click the link in the episode description, and it'll take you there. In our next episode, we have an amazing guest coming your way. The Nikki R. Jones will be joining us to talk about how to communicate with decision makers in a way that is compelling, strategic, and inviting. And it's a conversation you don't want to miss. So please do me a favor. I know you may listen to this podcast regularly, but maybe you haven't yet taken the time to subscribe. Take a moment now and hit the subscribe or the follow button, which will ensure that you are notified when the next episode becomes available and also goes a long way in supporting this podcast. As always, I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me, and it's my hope that each episode plays a part in moving you one step closer to building a business that will have a generational impact. Friend, I need your help. It's my mission to provide this podcast as a resource for women and women of color entrepreneurs all over the world, and I can't do that without you. Every time you leave a review, it helps increase our reach, making it easier for fellow women entrepreneurs to find us. Will you take a moment to leave a review for the podcast? 
This small gesture means so much to me, and it's the best way you can support us if you love the podcast. And if you've left a review before, you can leave more than one. Every review goes a long way. All you have to do is hit the link in the show notes to leave a rating and a review, or head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a review and rating there. And will you do me one more small favor? Take a second and share this episode with a fellow entrepreneur. Sharing even just one episode can make a world of a difference for the person listening on the other end. On behalf of myself and the team, thank you so much for supporting us in doing so. I'll be here at the same time and same place in two weeks. And until then, I wish you coins, confidence, and all the bags. Talk to you soon, friend. Mm -hmm.